Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Jay, we have a generous donor who's agreed to match donations up to a total of a million dollars. The donor was inspired wow. by Dick's longstanding dedication to raising money for pediatric cancer research and by his courageous battle against cancer this past year. Uh, we'll announce the matching donor today at 8.30 a.m. on KJM, right here on KJM, with uh, Shane Jacobson, Chief Executive Officer of the V Foundation. So, um, you know, Max, we just had Demario Davis on from the Saints and talked about how his daughter got diagnosed with cancer in her eye, lost her eye. And, um, you know, first off, it was such a heartbreaking story. I've heard so many heartbreaking stories and thank well, God that was a that happy story happy that, story because she, was that still she lost the us, eye yes. but oh my god but the, still like to go out to yeah. find out that your daughter you know your young daughter has cancer and how you have to deal with it and obviously I, you know I'm not comparing heartbreak sure right there's been a lot of loss due to cancer uh, but at the same time you know being an ex-professional athlete there are a lot of times I recognize that my resources are very different uh-huh. than other people Right. All my surgeries, my mother dealing with diverticulitis, congestive heart failure, uh, two kidney transplants. I call Duke University. I have access to a whole slew of doctors different. And but that's why the Jimmy V Foundation is so important, because I recognize that not a lot of people have resources and to have a place that we continue to raise awareness around to raise money for to provide the resources for the people that don't have the resources. You just, I, I can't imagine dealing with something like that and not having somewhere to go to get that expertise. Well, there's a whole, there's a whole it's other, a, there's a whole other issue about uh, socialized medicine and, and the cost of medical expenses in this country. That's a whole other, I agree. You know, you talked to Mark Cuban about it. Some it's unbelievable it's, how much better the outcomes for rich people are than for working people and for, and for people who aren't rich in this country, it's an outrage of modern American life. One of the many. It's on the back burner right now because there are even bigger outrages uh, presently. Um, schools not being safe for children and, and such. But there are incredibly powerful lobbies in this country, you know, and, and they are working against the interest of the people oftentimes. Um, and so, so places like the V Foundation can step in. And, and fill the gap a bit, and that's, that is important. Uh, you ready to talk a little, uh, Lane Kiffin? Sure. And those, these are like hard transitions. What are you going to do? Just I mean, this is, this is real life. This is what we deal yep. with every single day. Yeah. So we're going to do our job, but at the same time, whenever we get an opportunity, we're going to talk about the experiences that people have had with cancer. We're going to talk about the Jimmy V Foundation, and we're going to raise a lot of money to help others who are in need. Lane Kiffin, Jay? says that coach involvement in directing funds, um, well, anyway, he thinks a salary cap could help solve some current issues with the NIL. Listen to Lane Kiffin, Ole Miss head coach, at Monday's press conference. 
Well, the first question is the keys to NIL and how do you do well at that? You have really good boosters. That's how you do well at it. So um, I'll say what other people don't say, as you know. So it's like a payroll, you know, in baseball. What teams win over a long period of time? Teams that have high payrolls and can pay players a lot. So um, we're in a situation not any different than that which is what I'm not saying I didn't, I'm sure other people said it. I said it day one, you legalize cheating, and so get ready for the people that have the most money to get the best players, and now you have it. So it is what it is, and as far as a general manager to manage that, we aren't allowed in the current system to manage what they make. So um, so there isn't, well, we're not there yet, and I don't know that we ever will be. That's just what I said it should be because that's what any other – you know, professional sports, which is what we are now, does. All right, so th- there's a lot to By unpack the way, they're here. Not, I, it's not professional I, I, Yeah, I'm angry at this. So number one, it's not legalized cheating. Do not frame it that way, Lane. It's not. It's called capitalism. It, it, it's called the free market value. And if somebody wants to pay you, they should be allowed to pay you. If you want to claim it as professional sports, in which it is, and if you want to put caps or salary restrictions, if you're talking about payroll, then let them be employees. Let's just clear this whole thing up. You're not going to put a cap on or restrict me on NIL deals. What the hell are you doing? What are you talking about? If you want to put a cap, put a salary system in place and let the players form a union, employ them. I don't mind you putting a cap, but allow the players through them unionizing to have a voice, to have a seat at the table, to negotiate what that yeah, cap not, is. Uh, wait, and like, rev share, Max. They're not rev share. on a salary. These are independent contractors getting money from outside of uh, the traditional of, 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 a, of the institution, right? Who's, who's uh, giving them some kind of a salary. It's not the same thing. So if you if they want to do that, then pay them a salary. Basically, is what you're saying. Right? Yes. Yeah. Um, also, Lane, I, I like Lane Kiffin a lot. Lane is slick, boy. He's like, oh, look, there's a giant pool of money. You know who should control that? Probably me. <laughs> Legalized <laughs> cheating. Yeah. Go kick rocks, man. Yeah. And I like yeah. Lane. Yeah, Lane. Lane is Lane hard is not also, to like. Yeah. Lane is also the guy picking up recruits in his wraith, right? So like I I get the I get the way the game is played, I, I I understand it. I understand how it can make it a little bit more challenging for a lot of coaches, and it gives boosters more control. Boosters have always had control, yeah. first and foremost. Yeah, they're acting like okay? this is something new. So that's fine. I have another uh, proposition, Max. Then if you want to put a salary cap, then let's put a salary cap on the school on what they can earn. Let's put a salary cap on what the coaches right. and what they can earn. Like, then let's make a salary cap across the board. But, like, once again, when I hear salary cap, I go to, oh, you mean you're talking about them as employees? Because then if they were to unionize, then you can actually implement a salary cap. Well, you're talking about when you say capitalism, though, Jay, the, the tradition of capitalism has been if you have the capital, then you want a free market. Whoever has the capital wants the market to be unfettered, not regulated, right? And if you take it to its absurd logical conclusion, of course, you know, as uh, this, has been, this is like, as Obama said, you want meat inspectors, right? Right. By the way, you like traffic lights, you know, those, hmm. are, right? You can't just have, you, you need some, you need to, you need to have kind of, uh, um, look, look, the point is corporations, their nature is to make money. That's why you need some regulation. 
Um, but corporations hate being regulated, and, and teams and schools would not want to be regulated that way. But when you don't have the capital, then all of a sudden you should have lots of regulation. The same people who believe in unfettered free markets want to cap what labor can make. And the real distinction there is someone's already sitting on the money, and the other just wants some money. Right? And so the people who are yeah. sitting on the money traditionally have told the people who want the money, we're going to limit how much you can get. It also feels, too, it's like one of these archaic businesses, right? It's like, uh, you know, I get a chance to invest in businesses, and I, I love art, right? So one of my friends is an artist, and he sold a lot of art, right, Max? So I'm like, hey, bought this from you nine years ago, uh, lost my receipt. Just give, I'm giving you an example, right? Lost my receipt. Uh, anyway, you can pull up your files so I can get the right insurance policy on this piece of art. Well, I, I, let me go through all my papers, and it's like a safe with thousands of papers. I'm like, yo, man. Update your system. Get an Excel sheet. Right. Like That's what I feel like we're watching right now with college football. There is an update process that is occurring in which there need to be adjustments made. And, yeah, you are going to have a payroll. Like You should have insight into how much guys are paid. You should be able to manage that process. But there's no system in place that is keeping up with how this evolution is occurring at a quick pace. You know the Mona Lisa? The there one needs to be a czar of sports. You know the Mona Lisa, the one at the Louvre? That's actually a fake. The real one's hanging in Jay's house. He's nice. got an art collection. <laughs> I'm saying you got to know about these kind of things. It's like there needs to be a czar of college sports. Yeah. We've talked about this, and that is no longer the NCAA. And it can no longer be held with the trust of the individual conferences. There needs to be the an NCAA. independent company or team in place that actually creates a system or a structure in order to monitor how conferences should be able to move. The NC2A was so short-sighted and so and had such poor failure of leadership for so long now that they took all the money while they could, they got everything they could while they could, and, and exerted as much control as they could, even though it was clear that if they didn't get out in front of all of this, they would cease to exist probably pretty soon. And now they do face an existential crisis. What are they there for, really? Why are they there? The the world seems to have passed them by. And by the way, schools should be allowed to hire a COO or a GM that actually has control of the finances or at least has a visibility into all the finances Mm -hmm. and manages that as a full-time role. And we were talking about Fortune 100 companies. (laughs) Why are we not treating them? Fortune 100 companies. Yeah. Why are we not treating them as such? Want to hear what Nick Saban had to say at the presser about the NIL? I don't dislike name, image, and likeness. I'm all for the players. I want players to do well. Uh, Our players did extremely well last year. They made over $3 million in name, image, and likeness. So uh, I'm all all for the players, you know, being able to um, do as well as they can and use their name, image, and likeness to create value. The biggest concern is, you know, how does this impact and affect recruiting uh, because on the recruiting trail right now there's a lot of people using this as um, inducements to go to their school by making promises as to whether they may or may not be able to keep uh, in terms of um, you know what players are doing and I I think that um, you know that is what can create um, a competitive balance issue uh, between the haves and the have-nots. What do you think, Jay? I mean, there not there already a competitive balance issue? <laughs> of course. 
there's already an issue. Careful, I mean, careful of getting the players' money because some teams like ours will do very well. Yeah, but you're already doing very well. Yeah, I, I, but I think Nick also recognizes that you know it, it makes it more challenging for the smaller schools to compete at a very high level. And I mean, that's why I've said before. I, I think we're going to get into college football where we're going to have tiers. You're gonna, and I go back to this international soccer kind of confederation where there is a certain tier. Of, I don't know how many teams are in that top tier. But because of what these universities are able to generate revenue-wise, they're going to be able to separate themselves. Yes, in that sandlot very differently than even though a school who's in a lower tier like Vanderbilt, who's great academically, but you know you're hearing their coach talk about we're going to win SEC championships, and he's trying, but will he ever be able to compete at the same tier as a Georgia, as an Alabama? as a Clemson, some of these higher, more octane-powered schools. What do you think about what Lane Kiffin said, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776? Lane Kiffin, the player's basically getting salaries. No, they're not. And he wants the coach or someone, the AD, someone to control it. What do you think about uh, what Kendrick Perkins said? Will, Will Steph Curry ever be in the GOAT conversation? What do you think about uh what Jay said, if he were Sean Payton, he'd take Dallas over the Chargers. The Cowboys over the Chargers. Dallas over L.A. Keith in Illinois, you're on with Jay and Max. This is Keyshawn, Jay, Will and Max, ESPN Radio. What up, Keith? How you doing? What's up, doing Keith? good, brother. What you got? I, okay. Let's get to that. I want to go on that, on that GOAT conversation. Mm-hmm. I agree with both you guys. Like, Jay Will, I agree with you a little more. Because when it goes to the GOAT conversation, you have to go by what has changed the game. Mm-hmm. You can go all the way back to Wilt Chamberlain in three seconds in the lane when you could just count in the lane and take the ball at seven feet tall and make a dunk. Look at what Steph has done to change the game. Get him in the GOAT conversation. Before Steph. No one's all about a 35-footer as a three-point shot. If you shot a three-point shot, it was a three-point shot. Steph has changed the game so much where the big man is even shooting the three-point shot now. It was, it, I'll say this you, about, about Steph shooting the three. This is why it was genius, right? It's, he was thinking extra-dimensionally almost. A lot, everyone always put the, took the three right up on the line because you don't get extra points for taking it farther away. right? So, like, might as well take the highest percentage shot. But what Steph saw is that he could create more space for the entire team, not only shoot from wherever because he could do it, but it, it, that did change the game. So I appreciate that point. But, Jay, nevertheless, it is hard for me when this is the first year you could make an argument he's the best player in basketball to compare him to guys like Jordan, who was so obviously the best player for 10 straight years, someone like LeBron, who did something similar. So those kind of guys, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, whether or not they changed the game in quite the same way, and they did to one degree or another, they they dominated the sport differently, Jay. Yeah. I mean, look, physically it's different for LeBron James and, and Michael Jordan. But when it's all said and done, effect on the game. And look, I, I, I do think he will finish as one of the goats of the game. Like, I have multiple goats. I mean, how much longer does Steph Curry, Steph Curry have in his career? Well, there are multiple Another, goats because they're like, let's say there's a top 10. I would say Steph is right now a fringy top 10 
guy okay, in the so, sense that so, some lists he might be 10, some lists he might be 12, 13, 9, something like that. But also his game, to me, is, is kind of is timeless in a way. right? Like, so when I look at players that physically impose their will that are so dominant, like there's a, a time stamp on that. You can only do that for so long. Like Giannis to a degree, right? He's going to physically pose his way, and he can do that for a long time. But I wonder when he loses that step, can he still be as physically imposing? Whereas Steph, his game translates – it seems like for a little bit longer Well, let's see. Time. We don't know that yet. Let's see. True. We I mean, don't, we don't have the granted, evidence yet. It's always injury. Always no, no, not injury. injury that, that, that we'll see how long he can play at an elite level because the three-point shooting is only one thing. You know, it's the handles and the ability to get to the paint yeah, yeah, but, and the fact but, that the ball doesn't stick with but, him. But and, here's the thing, though, Max. When I, have, when I can shoot that way, my handle only gets better because you have to play up on me with space. Mm-hmm. You have to be up on me. So a lot of times for, for shooters like him – Right? When his eyes look at the rim, that's a headshot. That's the equivalent of a headshot. So if you give me space and you know that my range extends to half court, it gives me so much more room to play but with. Two, two things which were interesting. One, um, I, I asked, who was it? Um, I think it was Bon Temps yesterday about Westbrook. It was Bon Temps on This Just In. Everyone says Westbrook's you know, not quite what he was, even though the underlying nut- metrics don't say that. And, but he hasn't shot it very well. And that seems to be something that should remain. You should be able to shoot it still. Maybe it's because Westbrook was never really a shooter. He said, no, as players get older, you, we've seen that, in fact, their shooting percentages go down. Now, maybe for a shooter as pure as Steph, that won't happen. But even just getting the shot off requires fast twitches. Steph is very quick. As you age, that changes. But also, but, but watch Russ when he shoots, Max. Watch how far he gets off the ground. Then compare that vertical leap and that jump shot to how far Steph gets off the ground when he shoots. Steph has more of a slingshot, mm-hmm. which is why you see basketball experts say, hey, if you're a kid at home, don't model your jump shot after Steph. Right? Look the at form, Clay. It, it, yeah. it goes, it, it, it's like a sling, and that's the way you're not taught to shoot the ball. You're taught like Ray Allen to raise and elevate, which is why I think that actually goes to his advantage for playing longer. Yes. It's interesting. Usually guys who do things not textbook but their own way – rely on certain natural gifts that tend not to age well. When they lose the quickness, you know, their, their lack of technical proficiency, the way everyone, classical technical proficiency, hurts them. But maybe in Steph's case, it'll be the opposite. Um, Rick in Virginia has something to tell you, Jay. Hey, fellas, how's it going? What's up, Rick? Hey, uh, there's only one goat per sport. It's called the greatest of all time, Word. not many greatest of all time. One, Word. one goat per sport. One goat per sport, Jay. Opinion. Why? And another thing. Why? Hey, wait, Max, wait, 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 Rick. Because Rick, wait, no, not you, Max. I'm talking to Rick. Why? But because it's just one. That's it. It's the greatest. It's not the many greatest. It's the greatest of all time. That's one. That's what Gold that's, that's, that's your explanation, just because like it's, it's one, that's more, it. No, but what Jay is saying, is but, no, no, Jay is not arguing what the term refers to, which you're arguing. Jay is arguing that, in fact, it's subjective at a certain point, and they're all around the same level. And I am arguing that the whole point is to create a hierarchy. That's what sports is about. And I think athletes like this less because they've already gotten all that out in competition, whereas the rest of us, that's kind of sport for us, is making these rankings. But, but, but if you do the work to actually isolate the value as much as possible and create a hierarchy, there, sometimes it's too close to call. I don't think in basketball it's that close that we, it's too close to call. I think 
clearly Michael Jordan is the greatest of all time. Because, because, and then you can argue, Cassie, too, between Kareem because, and LeBron. Because of the success that they've had in team sport? What do you mean? For, for Jordan? No, no. It's, that's part of it. But in almost every way, he's but the greatest I, player who ever lived. He's, his numbers are the best. He won the most. His numbers aren't the best. They, they are the best. No, they, he has the, he has well, the highest. Specify what numbers are okay. the best. All the analytics, all of them, what, have Jordan Max, as the greatest, including... Say, no, 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 no. Yep. Okay, I'll tell you. You say all analytics. I'll, I'll, let me get into Describe it. all I'll, the analytics. Okay. I want to okay. break them down will, one bar because you say something get, absolutely okay, fine, the fine. case. I will get into it. Is he the let's best three-point shooter? Let's start, no, no, wait, so wait, they're not wait, all the best. Hold on, hold on. Let me, let me, but that's one aspect of it. You let's said look, all analytics. That go into how great a player is, the actual value. Let's start with the most primitive, okay, that sports fans understand. He has the highest scoring average of all time. It also went up in the playoffs, right? So the highest best ever got better. Let's go into a little more advanced performance efficiency ranking, like PER, that Yates likes to make fun of. But what PER does is it's an efficiency stat based on all the stats people like, points, rebounds, assists, everything. Highest PER of all time, both career and individual. Okay, now... Let's go to a much more advanced stat that used to have LeBron as number one. Real plus, box plus minus, all those things. They had LeBron, but it was a funky list where players who clearly weren't very good so they were on the list at different places that didn't look right. The guy who invented the list, the, the, the stat, worked on it to make it better. And when they made it better, who do you think popped up as the number one guy? So how about, the point is, the point is, how about assists? Now how let's about look, rebounds? But those all go into those other stats I was talking about. Now let's look at winning. He see, won but, but six but championships see, is, and never went is, to this, a seventh game. This is what game. happens to you. This is what happens to yeah. you. Like, there's a glorification of Mike. And I, I'm not saying that Michael isn't, but like, and I'm not even going to engage because what happens to you, that there's a disservice you're doing to other players because you're minimizing their value because yeah. you want to talk about how incredible Michael Jordan is. And Michael Jordan has. How am I, I minimizing I, them? By comparison to Jordan? Yes. Well, if you compare yourself to Sugar Ray Robinson, you're going to come up a little short. That's how it is. If you compare yourself to, like, who else, whoever is it right now, Shohei Otani or whoever, you're, you're not diminishing other players by saying he's the MVP. You're creating a hierarchy. They, it's not, they're not being diminished. They were never there to begin with. He's ahead of them. See, I think this is all media created about who the best of all time is. It's locker room talk, man. There are levels to this. There are certain players are in the history of the game that are on the highest of all high levels. That I agree with. The highest of all high that levels. You can't, the, in terms and I of, get that Michael Jordan, 6-0 in NBA Finals. Like, I, I also like to factor in all the times he didn't make it to the NBA Finals and he came uh, up very, very uh, by the By the way, I, I, will, I will address that whole nonsense narrative, How by the way. nonsense? It's nonsense because Michael Jordan never played with another all-star until Pippen. So he, the only time he oh, didn't so win— so it's based upon team success. Wait, well, of, of it's based no upon one team ever success. does it by themselves. Okay. LeBron has never won a championship without another all-star on the team. Agreed. The point, no one has. So okay. the point is this. The first year he got an all-star, it was a pre-prime Pippen. You could look at Pippen's numbers, all went up the next year. He, the first time he got an all-star, he went to a seventh game with the defending champions. Pippen got the migraine, so again, he was without an all-star, and they lost. The next year, he never again didn't win the championship. So basically, if you gave Michael Jordan an all-star, he won the championship basically every time and never went to a seventh game. So in addition to the stats, there's that. And then there's also the eyeball test. Max, in his own era, Max, he was more impressive today, to contemporary are, are, audiences are, are, are than anyone today's else. today's players better than those players back in the 90s? No. Better and greater. I, I, I love events. you from a person who watched you shoot the ball. Yeah. You have no idea what the hell you're talking about. I just said about. no. Oh, 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 today. Yeah, yes. today. Of course they're better. Okay. Yeah. Every okay. year, every are, are era you, gets are, better. Are you factoring that into how you speak about who the greatest players of the game are? As a matter of fact, I am. You are? We can get into that so you, coming you, you, up. You, you, we can get into that coming up. 
Keyshawn J. Willemax, mm. ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. If you're able, please join us today in supporting the V Foundation for Cancer Research. 100% of your donation goes to cancer research. Go to v.org slash donate now. Much more Keyshawn J. Willemax next. Getting very personal. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Key still recovering from his 50th birthday party, some well-earned time off. JME holding it down today. Shane Jacobson, Chief Executive Officer of the V Foundation, is with us now. You can follow him at the capital VCEO. Uh, Shane, good morning. Good morning, Max. Good morning, Jay. Thanks for having me. Thanks for all you're doing today to promote the V Foundation and, and help us raise money for cancer research. It's our jobs, but it is a pleasure to do. Thank you, Shane. Um, what more can you tell us about the matching of donations up to a million bucks? Yeah, today today is a special day for, for a whole host of reasons, uh, Max. Obviously, during SB's week, we have the chance to celebrate Jim Valvano and, and what he started back in 1993. Uh, since 1993, we have raised more than $290 million uh, to invest in cancer research. And we thank you at ESPN, responsible for more than $150 million of, uh, of those, those dollars raised. And, and it's the listeners and sports fans and the cancer-fighting community that really rallies. Today is a special day because we celebrate Dick Vitale giving uh, his ESPY uh, speech uh, later today, which will be a can't watch, uh, can't miss uh, a moment. I can't can't wait to uh, 
to watch. And, and today, the V Foundation, in honor of Dick, we are dedicating uh, 100% of all dollars raised to pediatric cancer research. And this has been a special year uh, in, in that space because uh, we've, we've raised so many dollars, more than $11 million for, for pediatric cancer research. And it's a year in which Dick has beaten cancer twice. And so in this year, we had very special donors step forward, the Fosters, the Vinnick family, the Gores brothers, the Ishbia brothers, uh, the Pentecosts, just really special gifts. On that last family, today I'm, I'm honored to, to announce that Mark and Cindy have stepped forward with a $1 million wow. gift, a matching gift for all donors who give at v.org today. That would be a total, of course, of $2 million invested in pediatric cancer research because the generosity of ESPN fans and listeners all, all around the world. Wow. That, that's incredible. And I, I know that we're talking about donating. We've, I've obviously donated before in the past, Shane. But, but I wanted to dig into something personal for a second. What does the V Foundation mean to you, Shane? Hope, Jay. For me, it, it, it is hope. Uh, our, uh, we, we start with the, uh, the, the inspiration that was Jim Valvano, the don't give up, don't ever give up mindset, uh, call, calling all of us to action. I mean, cancer, unfortunately, affects all of us. One in two men and one in three women will have cancer in their lifetimes. Uh, but, but since 1993, we've seen a 26-percentage-point improvement uh, in cancer-related deaths. More people are living today than ever before. Currently, 18 million cancer survivors, Jay, in the United States. Great news, by the, by the way. Decade, that, I did not know that. Million. That's great news, Shane. That should be more publicized. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. That's what we're trying to do, and we thank you for helping us tell this, tell this story. So, you know, it, in all of that, it is hope. And we, we, I'm, I'm privileged enough, and, and the V Foundation team, an extraordinary group of, of uh, colleagues who tirelessly do this work every day, you know, engaging with cancer patients, the cancer fighting community, the researchers, these talented scientists that are that are that are all stars in the field. Uh, you boil all of that down, Jay, to your your question. Uh, put all that together, it really boils down for me to to hope. We are all about hope. Uh, delivering cures with the scientific community because of generous donors and saving lives. Wow. Um, I, you know, I, uh, can you talk about some of the some of the uh, goals in the near future? Yeah, Max, we 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 are motivated to do even even more. Uh, we currently raise. Uh, on the order of $25 million, between 25 and $30 million per year, uh, f- funding more than 70 uh, research projects uh, a- annually across the country at, at our nation's uh, finest uh, cancer centers and, and cancer institutes. Our, our board of directors, uh, led by Chair Evan Goldberg, uh, is really dreaming big. And, it, and I joined the organization about a year and a half ago, and uh, and together with the team, we, we're uh, we're we're uh, aiming high. Uh, we we as, uh, aspire to become a 100 million dollar per year cancer fighting charity in the year ahead. And it's 
it's truly one team in the cancer space that, that will get us there. It's the partnership with ESPN. It's the donors responding today at v.org uh, where they can have their gift matched. Uh, we, 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 we know we can do more. Uh, cancer does not rest, uh, but, but we do not rest. I think we have cancer on the run with the advancements of technology, uh, the advancements in precision medicine, the advancements in immunotherapy, uh, the, the, the future holds great promise. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, we have this matching dollar-for-dollar dollar gift today, uh, and it's focused on pediatric cancer um, in, in honor of Dick Vitale and his, his Jimmy V. Perseverance Award uh, this evening at the ESPYs. Let me give you three quick examples that, that both reinforce hope but also, I think, point to our aspirations of the, of the future. We're investing in leukemia, children's leukemia research at, at Cincinnati Children's. That's a tough cancer. Understanding it at the molecular level, we still have gaps. We need to do a better job understanding why is it so aggressive and why is it not so aggressive in others. And so we're learning a lot in partnership to determine where the better treatments and therapies will be. We're funding brain cancer and central nervous system cancer research at the City of Hope in Los Angeles. That research is focused on immunotherapy. How do we harness the body's own immune system to find cancer, fight cancer, and beat cancer in a person's body? Cancer is really good at hiding. So how can we harness the potential of the immune system and have less challenging treatment and therapies uh, uh, available that actually have greater up side and 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 that's support we we are we are leveraging in the in the pediatric space and then third another uh, initiative uh, at Dana Farber in Boston also focused on brain cancer and central nervous system brain cancer is very fragile so so we're partnering with them to develop precision medicine in young people who are often the most vulnerable and 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 that's a must we must do that and, and so finding targeted responses and targeted solutions at the molecular level to attack cancer cells and leave all of those healthy cells around it intact and untouched. And we're seeing great progress in the space because of the donors who give, because of the donors who give us the chance to find the very best cancer research in this country, in this case, pediatric cancer research. And it brings hope because it brings cures, because it saves lives. And I think that tracks back to Jim Valvano and his don't give up, don't ever give up uh, uh, framework that we've held close since 1993. And I think Jim would be very, very proud today knowing Dick Vitale's receiving the Perseverance Award. Dick was, of course, on stage with Jim when Jim gave that speech 29 years ago, and he called all of us to action, step up and give. And these are just a few examples uh, suggesting that the invest investments are being put to good use and the future holds great promise. Thanks so much, Shane Jacobson, Chief Executive Officer of the V Foundation. What you were just saying is great news and foremost because it offers hope. Um, that those that was that was some hopeful stuff right there, the way you know cancer is going about being attacked. Thank you. Thank Shane. you for appreciate what you do, it. Shane. Appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks, Jay. Thanks, Max. Thank you, everybody at ESPN. You, you all are doing an, an incredible job. And most importantly, thank you, everyone at home, for what you do to support the V Foundation. V.org today, a dollar-for-dollar dollar match. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max podcast. SBs are tonight. Yeah, SBs are tonight. I got to go in between shows, Jay, to get my eye looked at. Okay. Yeah. That's hmm. right. Okay. Yeah. All right. You want to talk SBs? We talk SBs. Best word for best comeback athlete. We're going to do that coming up, though. Hmm. I remember I got, I got it in 2001. I won my SB. And I'll never forget backstage, Max. Mm hmm. I saw AI for the first time. I remember thinking to myself, Yates is from Philly, our producer. He'll probably laugh at this. You know, when you come into the league, young buck, 6'2", 195, right? I was a stronger. I kind of felt more like uh, Chauncey Billups, like, quarter, like point guard, right? Like a bigger, stronger type. And I remember seeing AI. I'm like, man, that dude's small. He's thin. He's fragile. He was the I'm number look- one recruit in basketball and, and football. football. Right? But I'm looking at him, I'm like, because I know that's AI, so I'm hyped. At 6'1", a buck 65. But that's my thing, right? So, you know, naturally, as athletes, we do this. You look at who your opponent is. You look at people, you size them up real quick, and you start thinking, okay, like, well, I can put him in the block, or he definitely ain't going to be able to stop me. So I remember having these thoughts, right, during that moment. Like, man, I'm going to give AI the business. Not really thinking about my ass has to guard AI. More, once again, my offensive mind, like scoring points. And I remember the first time he played against Philly, I was like, yo, I can't stay in front. This dude is lightning quick. And every time I just blow on him, he fell. He went to the free throw. He must have had at least 15 free throw attempts. And that's when I, I, I finally realized I got put on game. I was like, oh, I'm looking at this dude's size and frame. Like, that's a disadvantage. That's a major advantage. Because every time there was any kind of brush, any kind of physicality. He got the whistle. He got the whistle. You know, so he, so you're, at the SBs tonight, we're talking about comeback athletes. That's what I was going to tell you about my eye. I know you came back from um, a terrible motorcycle accident. 
Are you, and are yet, you comparing? And yet comparing? my eye, I have slightly blurry vision in my left eye because of a detached retina that I got repaired. Would that help your shooting form? And here I am on the radio with a, with a repaired detached retina and slightly bur- blurry vision. <laughs> I think I should be in this SB. Uh, you should be I, in this I should be nominated. Listen, if I don't win, I don't win, but I should so be nominated should be in the same conversation with Clay Thompson, yes. Joe Burrow. Yeah. Okay. That's right. Yeah. Hmm. I'm in this industry. Why not? Sometimes your reasoning is so very Max Kellerman-like. Yes. Yes. Genius. Me too. I don't even think we're going to nominate you for a KJ Emmy. For what? What did he say? I couldn't hear. What did you say, Pat? said, I don't even think you're going to get nominated for a KJ Emmy, let alone an ESPY. Wow, a KJ Emmy. A, a KJ Emmy. Like right, an Emmy on this show. On this show just, only. A KJ Emmy? You just, that, that came off the top? Yeah, I just, I just made that up right now. Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio. Jay. Cannon. A cannon, a cannon. Jay, so the world chess champion just came across uh, my social media. Magnus Carlsen. Mm-hmm. What a name. Is not defending. only, what is he, in his 30s. He's not defending his title. He's been champion. It's very rare in chess to be champion. Or not very rare, but it's like one, among the all-time greats when you can be champion for 10 years. He's been champion for 10 years. So young when he won the title. Um, What's his rating, by the way? It's close to... 3,000. So here's the, the, I'm glad you asked me. The, 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 che- the reason I bring it up is this. Chess ratings are very accurate. They will accurately predict, if two players meet based on their ratings, how many times out of, let's say, 10 games or 100, one player will win versus another player. And he has the highest ranking in history because always the reigning champ, because you're improving on what came before you, mm-hmm. it's not athletic, really. I know chess is not a sport, but it is. It is. It, but it is mental gymnastics, it, right? But it, because, and so because you don't need special physical gifts, you, you can just you know you, what came before you. Really, it's not just like Kobe improving on some of Mike's stuff. It's because it, the vertical doesn't matter now, right? It's just mental, and so the, the the highest you know the highest rated player is usually the highest rated player of all time, but. That does a good job of showing the difference between better and greater. Magnus Carlsen is better than anyone who ever lived at playing chess. But you can argue he's not the greatest of all time because he has not dominated his contemporaries necessarily better than, say, Kasparov did or, you know, uh, once upon a time Paul Morphy did or someone like that. So that, I think when we talk GOAT, keep that in mind. Yes, you do discount. I brought up Paul Morphy. He played in the, in the 19th century. So I do discount him because he wasn't playing against a lot of players who really knew what they were doing. I do discount Wilt Chamberlain for the same reason. But at a certain point, when a league gets homogenized and there are professionals all over the place and they're playing at a high level, even if you want to give extra credit to today's players, you can't just totally discount you know, certain eras. So I do think when you said earlier, hey, the players today are better than ever, that absolutely means that dominating them the way, you know, someone, Giannis is dominating them today is maybe even more impressive than the way, say, someone like arguably Shaq. Or, or LeBron is dominating or LeBron, them 37 like, years you, old. I think you can make that argument. The question is, does that, does that extra credit they get for being – outweigh the gap between another player and their contemporaries, even if their contemporaries weren't as quite as good. You know? Like, there's a lot to consider. A lot to consider there, Jay. You just had to bring it back. You just really wanted to go down that route. No, I just wanted, actually wanted to get in the chess champ, Magnus Carlsen, uh, not defending his title this year. With a name like Magnus, you better be good at something. You better be big at it. All right, look. <laughs>
the ESPY Award for Best Comeback Athlete. Um, Max, Shannon, take Max it away. Kellerman, yeah, right? Shannon, because, Shannon, oh, no, oh, sorry, Shannon yeah. take this away. Give us our options, Shannon. All right, here we go. We got the ESPYs tonight. All right, we'll give you a couple categories throughout the show. We're going to start with Best Comeback Athlete. Your options are Clay Thompson of the Golden State Warriors, Trey Mancini of the Baltimore Orioles, Diamond DeShields, Phoenix, Merc- Phoenix Mercury, wow, and Joe Burrow of the Cincinnati Bengals. Max, I will start with you. Who do you have for the Comeback Athlete of the Year? There's no contest, Joe Burrow. If you are playing the most important position in American team sports and you suffer a catastrophic injury that ends your rookie season, you haven't even started winning yet, and the next time we see you, you're a play away from winning the Super Bowl, it's not just what you're coming back from, it's the level at which you're coming back. Joe Burrow in a runaway. I would go Joe Burrow. You would go Joe Burrow? I, I feel like Clay Thompson deserves a lot of credit, and, but I also same too. with the other nominees as well. But for the fact that the Bengals were two and fourteen his rookie season, having that injury, it went four and eleven and one. It came. I mean, second season, just ridiculous. I have to go with Joe Burrow. He will be my playback. Come, like, yeah, comeback player of the year. He. I always bring this up about Burrow. He had the greatest college season of all time. He capped it off with the greatest performance in the history of college football in the championship game. He goes first overall. Jay, he's hurt as a rookie. But he's looking pretty good early, but he's hurt as a rookie. He doesn't get into a lot of games. They lose a lot of games. The first time he touches the ball as a pro where he's consistent starter and he stays healthy, like basically he saunters into the championship game, saunters out with the championship trophy, the greatest performance ever, greatest season ever, greatest And the next time he walks into the building practically as a, as a fully healthy player, he's a play away from winning the Super Bowl. It's insane. Yeah, I, what a know, start to a career. Yeah, and I, I hate whenever you pick a winner because then all of a sudden you know, people are saying, well, they're all incredible comeback stories. You know, what Diamond DeShields had to deal with, what Trey Massini had to deal with, Clay Thompson. I, you probably would think that Joe would have the slight edge. But then again, like, I go, like Clay actually won a world championship. He won it. Yeah, but not but as the number the one player role. on the yeah. team. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Right? But they, they all are incredible comeback athletes. No question. Um, Diamond to Shields, Joe. That's a good. That's a that's a pretty good. Uh, pretty good field, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Clay is the fact that it was two catastrophic injuries. One to two each, years. One to two each years. leg. Right. Two years. It's crazy. He goes down, gunning for a title. Hurts the leg. Comes back. Hurts the other leg. Doesn't play for. It's not just two years. It's almost when you add up the days, it's closer to three than two, isn't it? Right. How many days was it? Wasn't it like nine hundred days? Some days, yeah. That's nuts. I mean, to play at that level. I mean, but the thing is, it wasn't the same as Steph, right? Like a lot of the championship was around Steph and his MVP. Yeah. Even though Clay was incredible, it feels like the narrative was that way. Whereas. With the Bengals, it was all Joe Burrow. Yeah. It was Joe Burrow. His effect, Jamar and, Chase, but that's talk. to his credit that Joe Burrow has that. It's almost like that Steph. People are like, oh, look at the culture. Joe Burrow has these dudes believing they can win. And by the way, then he's also tall and fast, and he has a great spiral. Like, like we always are. He has the moxie. Yeah, he's also, you know, a big, good athlete. Is LeBron still in the conversation for best player in the league, speaking of great athletes? Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.